You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Yes, all of you know I'm a big advocate for pets, but I love football, especially pro football. Here's a little secret. When I grew up in Crown Point, Indiana, I aspired to be a pro football quarterback. I could throw a post-pattern pass. I could elude all the linebackers in my neighborhood's pickup games, and I knew how to run a quarterback option. Okay, reality surfaced when I turned 13. I realized there's not really a demand in the NFL for a chick who barely stands five foot two inches tall. But fortunately, today we do have a Super Bowl winning quarterback on our show. Our special gridiron guest is a star not only on the field, but he illuminates off the field with all the great work he does in his community. He benefits dogs and kids and a bunch of other folks. He is the 2013 recipient of the Brian Weezer White NFL Man of the Year Award for all the good deeds he does. Let's give it up. Pause and applause to Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Charlie Batch. Hey, Charlie, welcome to the show. Thank you. So can I be your backup quarterback? I really can still throw a mean pass. I know how to do a spiral. (laughs) Absolutely. I want you to teach me how to throw that post pattern. (laughs) (laughs) You know, folks, uh, Charlie is a quarterback on a mission. He's here on our show to share how all of us pet lovers can do our part to team up and keep our pets at their healthy best and to tackle cancer in pets and people. You know, Charlie, I'm very, very honored to have you on the show, and I promise you there are no menacing linebackers hiding and waiting to blitz you during the show. Do you feel better now? I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel good whenever you're getting hit by those yeah, linebackers. And, <laughs> and before we kick off the show, yes, I do a lot of puns, we do need to stop and take this commercial break. So everybody, sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Pet Radio has dug on fur-flying fantastic deals for our listeners. Go to PetcoDeals.com and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetcoDeals.com. But, but that's not all. Are you talking to me? Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership Plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's 
AudibleDeals.com. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. Go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com. To order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the All Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Hut, hut, hut in the game of life. When you are facing fourth and goal, you need a man like our special guest today to drive you into the end zone. Charlie Batch is a quarterback for the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers. But he is so much more. You got to check out his website. It's charliebatch.com. That's C H A R L I E B A T C H. He's got a great Facebook page. He is the master of social media. And you are going to quickly see that this is a man on a mission to help pets and kids. And Charlie, I'm very impressed and I, I want to get started. So, first of all, let's talk about it. You have found I understand a wonderful way to pay tribute to your very beloved Rottweiler rescue, the late, great Roxy. If you don't mind sharing with people, because I saw that, oh my God, that picture of you hugging Roxy. It was tough, uh, but what a lucky dog to have you in her life. Yes, it was really tough. And, you know, I'm really not a big dog person. You know, I had a photo <laughs> with my two B. John Freeze 10 years ago. And, you know, I love my dogs. And I was like, you want to know what? Let me, and I would always figure out a way to go to the animal shelter. And one day I went down there and it was just this Rottweiler that I was sitting there. And it just kind of came and, and I kind of froze a little bit. And mm-hmm. she just wanted petting. And yeah. she just I started petting her and she just fell out in my lap. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, wow, this can't be true. So here's this <laughs> dog, big dog, very friendly. And all she wanted to do was be hugged, petted. And so I got attached to it right away. And I said, you want to know what? Before I'm able to really start to get too attached to it, I have two little dogs at home. And I need to bring them down here to make sure that they're going to get acquainted with this dog and they're going to get along. And I ended up bringing my dogs down to the um, animal shelter, which was Animal Friends here in Pittsburgh. And they actually brought them down. And, of course, my dogs, two dogs, they're just barking away, you know, trying to show (laughs) who has the biggest bark. And, yeah. and Roxy just sits there, and she's just sitting there. And at the time, she, her name was Foster. It wasn't Roxy at the time. It was Foster. And okay. she's sitting there, and she's just kind of looking at him and like, okay, well, you're done barking. I'll bark. And she just barked, and my two dogs ran under the table, and they're just like, okay, Charlie, <laughs> now protect me. <laughs> so, you know, she actually laid down, and my two dogs came over, and they're, you know, kind of looking to make sure this dog isn't going to do anything to her. And my dogs just started licking, and they started kissing each other. And I'm like, wow, this might be, you know, this may, might be it. This may work. And they allowed me, I adopted her right there on the spot. Wow. And then at that point, she ended up, you know, I brought her home because they were actually, somebody left her on the side of the road she, uh, at two years old with a torn ACL. So she was in the um, animal friend's shelter and rehabbing. And that's kind of where you had a foster family who was taking care of her as she was going through her rehab. So I knew she had problems beforehand, but she had so much energy. And when I finally brought her to the house, I mean, she was just, it felt like she was, she belonged right away. 
and I quickly became attached to her. We changed her name from Foster to Roxy. And then at that point, you know, so we're just sitting back and of course now, you know, as I'm getting back and and if you got a little close to her next, she growled and I, and I got, was taken away from that. So I backed up and come to find out she wasn't growling at me. She was trying to talk to me. <laughs> so that was her, that was her way of talking. So if I was trying to say, Charlie, ear, I love you, Charlie. I love yeah, you. <laughs> so, so I whispered in her ear, I say, how are you today, Roxy? She's like, Arr. and it was just like, okay. And people, when they saw me doing that, they thought that she was growling. So and I'm like, no, that's her way of communicating with me. And, and you know, we, became, you know, we quickly became, you know, we had more and more conversations and she just became one of our own. And then, you know, two years later, I ended up going to let her out one morning and she went outside but then went to eat and I'm like what's wrong with her she's not the same and she went and kind of sat in the corner and I looked at her and then her neck became it was swollen and oh. I'm like what is wrong with her so I immediately said I, I need to run to the I need to run to the hospital so we ended up taking her down to the hospital and of course you know they ended up going back and they're like we're going to take her through treatment and they ended up coming back out a little later and they said she has lymphoma we need to start treatment immediately and in order for her to have any chance of her surviving this right now because it was so bad that she couldn't even swallow. And immediately, of course, uh, you know, me and, uh, me and my wife, Latasha, we literally was like, we have to do this. And we ended up taking her through our treatments. And, of course, Tasha, she just like, she's an animal lover herself. She has three pit bulls. You know, mm-hmm. so she just loves dogs. So she's like, we, we have to do this. So I'm like, you want to know what? Fine. And we ended up doing that. And, of course, she came right back out after she went through her treatment. And she, you know, was, was a little down. She didn't have a lot of energy. But at that point, I'm going to, she continued on through her treatments, getting around the other dogs. And, you know, now just kind of running around. And she started to get her energy back. And that's kind of where we started to say, you want to know what? Maybe this treatment is working. And we ended up doing that. And people follow me on Facebook. Right. Um, and literally, we're, they got attached to it because I was, you know, it started out by me posting a picture and I'm saying, hey, I'm down here at the hospital and please pray for me and my dog, Roxy. And so many people, you know, wanted to kind of, they were attached to that and they wanted to continue to follow it. And every, and I stopped posting because I was emotionally tied to it. And I'm like, I just can't post it. But people wanted to become aware of what was happening because there were other people in the hospital that were going through some of the same things that I was going through, and they just wanted to be kept up as well. And really, it just became a point where Roxy had her fan base. And everybody wanted to know what, what Roxy was up to and how her treatments were going. And that's just kind of how it went. And, and sure enough, as she started to go through it, it seemed like she was getting better. And then as this season went along, it just took a turn for the worse. And she's had, I think they tried three different chemos on her, and ultimately they just her body just started rejecting it. And it was just very, very tough to do because this was the first time that I really had a dog, number one, going through this. And then, you know, getting when a doctor comes to you and giving you the words and saying, hey, your, your dog only has two months, you know, weeks to months to live. And I was just like, wow. And then one day I ended up coming home from work and I went and they said, Roxy went under the deck. And at that point, she wouldn't come out. And I'm saying there's absolutely Aww. no way that I am letting my dog stay underneath the deck. So I grabbed her out of the deck and I'm trying to reach her up without, you know, injuring her, let her know I'm here for her and come to find out her hind legs gave way. And she couldn't even, she couldn't even climb into the truck. So I literally picked her up. I I had a suit on that day. So I had an event and I had a suit on. So I grabbed her. So of course, small furry and I grabbed her in the truck, but it didn't even matter. I put her in the back of the truck and I took her down to the, the vet. And at that point they said, this is probably the worst that can happen. 
um, at this point. And everybody that was there that treated her at the hospital, people who were off actually came back because Roxy was so good of a dog. They actually came back to say their goodbyes. And it was oh, just very, very special. tough emotionally in November. And it was just one of those things that, you know, at that point, it was just, it was very, very tough because I became so attached to Roxy. What's interesting, Charlie, is sometimes dogs pick us, right? Here you are with your little tiny dogs. And what, what are their names, the two that you have? They're Snoop and Nate. Snoop and Nate? Snoop Dog and Nate Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and then your wife has, what, two or three pitties? Yeah, she has three pitbulls. Now she has uh, two because one of them passed away. Okay. Uh, so she has two. And okay. she is she's just so a dog lover as well. And, and just in the household, we have six dogs. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, so if you get one more, now. you got a you got a front line. There you go, <laughs> <know>, quarterback. Right? <laughs> we have two Shiba Unus. We have, uh, you know, like I said, Snoop Dog and Nate Dog, and and uh, with her pit bull, and then we actually adopted another pit bull. Her name is Asia. Oh, nice! So we I love six, pits. I think they're the they, they're sweet. We had Rachel Ray on our show some time back, and obviously she's a big champion of pit bulls. And you know they used to be called nanny dogs. So it is nice to know, and you're going to get the reference that there's a quarterback in the NFL that loves pits. How's that? Did I say something absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have you know six of them, and they're just such great dogs. They're all different personalities, and at the end of it, you know, you think they're humans, and it's just unbelievable, you know, what they can do, and, you know, they understand commands, and it's just really something for me to be able to really, you know, share with them, walk them, have them finger command, and, you know, they are really, really special because all the kids in the neighborhood actually come down, and they want to play with our dogs, regardless if it's little Snoop uh, and Bichons <laughs> or it's the big dogs because a lot of them love to play with Roxy when she was there. So it's just amazing to really have some of the kids come down and play with them because there are so many dogs in our community. Let me know if this is right. Now, you do play on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there's a guy named Big Ben. Everybody knows about, but he gets injured a lot. And you were playing against, here comes my sports writer out in me. I covered two Super Bowls years ago as a newspaper reporter. Here you are told that you're going to start against the Baltimore Ravens in early December on their home field where they have not lost for 15 times. And tell us, I believe the score was 23-20 Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And that was just a few days after Roxy passed. How much did Roxy play in your head when you were in that game? Or did you think about her after you won? Because that was a major win. And, and I salute you for that. But, you know, you had a lot of pressure and you came through. Thank you. It was it was more or less the fact I didn't get much sleep. Because <laughs> going through it and, and, you know, trying to comfort her because she's crying. And, you know, leading up into that week, you know, you're losing sleep because you're making sure that she has enough water. You know, I just want to, I don't know how much longer I'm going to have her around. So you better believe I'm going to cater to her. You know, I don't let that fall asleep in the bed, but she was able to sleep in the bed. Oh, so, Roxy. So she was laying in the bed and, you know, it's one of those things because her, now her neck was swollen that she couldn't breathe. So it was like a snore. You know, yeah. she's kind of talking. It was one of those things. So, you know, it was tough. So I didn't get a lot of sleep leading up into that game. And, you know, we finally got to the uh, end of Baltimore the night before the game. You know, I really had a chance to really just crash. And it was just like, okay, of course, I'm still thinking about it because I miss her. Right. And in that game, you know, you're going through the emotions, the emotions of a game. And then at the end of it, the way it went down, I mean, to go down final two minutes, of the final six minutes and 51 seconds of that game, and to kick a field goal to win the game with no time on the clock, it was special because, you know, the team is celebrating. I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, you know, Roxy's down here. And she's looking, you know, and right. I know she's smiling. 
And, you know, I'm sitting there and people, you know, the, the media caught, a, hug, he caught a, a picture of me and Ben hugging. And, you know, it, it was emotional for me because, number one, I didn't know if that may be the last game that I ever started my National Football League career. And then, number two, I'm sitting there saying to myself, wow, it's been a tough week. And, you know, nobody at the end of the day, they may not necessarily care about problems. Everybody has problems at the end of the day. But for me, I knew it was special because everything leading up into the week and then basically having a death in your family, it was just very, very tough emotionally to go through it. And, you know, a week later, there was an article that was written in the paper here locally in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about the story. And a lot of people didn't know the story that related as it relates to my Rockweiler, Roxy, and, you know, everything that led up into it. So people really at that point became more and more attached to that. And, and I think now at that point people knew, you know, they appreciated the fact as far as how much I do love dogs. That's a fact. Folks, we're talking with Charlie Batch. He is a quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been in the NFL, I believe, since 1998, if I'm right. Am I right, Charlie? Yes, you are. All right. Score one for the five foot two wannabe quarterback from Crown Point, Indiana. Okay. Hey, we're going to talk a little bit more with Charlie because he's got some really, really great events he has. He's got a new organization. It's called the Weedle and Cody Fund. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what he does to help kids in his community read and much more. But we got to pay for the show. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back after we take this quick commercial break. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's 
Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Holy hell, dog! Hi, this is Bert Ward, and you're listening to the OB Dave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. Listen every week, same pet time, same pet channel. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have a quarterback in the house, not just any quarterback, but a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is Charlie Batch. And Charlie, um, we had uh, Betty White on our show. She's 91 years old. Let's see. Now, in the terms of your age, I'm not trying to dish you, man. You're 38 years old. Is it true you were the oldest active member currently in the NFL? I'm the oldest non-kicker. The oldest non-kicker. Oh, yeah, those kickers can last forever. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the they oldest never non-kicker. <laughs> exactly. The oldest non-kicker and then the oldest player to put a uniform on for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you get to be called old man a lot in a kind way, right? Aren't I do. Called- because, I mean, and, and, I, and I take that with a badge of honor because, you know, I tell all of our young guys, hopefully one day you can be talked about, <laughs> you know, in a yeah. good way because that means you have lasted as long as I have in the National Football League. And it's just really great because, you know, to turn around and, and do something that I love, that I've been doing since the age of seven, you know, it, it's just truly a blessing to be able to continue to do this, not only for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but to do it in my hometown, born and raised right. in Pittsburgh. There's not many people that have been born and raised in Pittsburgh, and I am the only person that be born and raised in Pittsburgh and to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and to have two Super Bowl rings. So that is special by itself. Well, I saw on your Facebook page you uh, let a person from the Bahamas get to put the rings on his fingers. Tell us about that because you and your family are on a recent vacation. (laughs) I saw you, man. I've been checking you out. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Actually, we were down in the Bahamas, and I have a friend of mine who is from the Bahamas, and um, they were. We had our union meetings down there just last week, and they literally mm-hmm. were. They knew we were down there, and at that point, he said, "Hey, I want to make sure that I introduce you to the prime minister." And I said, "Oh, wow. okay." You know, so they say <laughs> we want to get you on a conference call. That's what it says. They just want to set up a conference call. And I'm like, okay. "Okay, fine. Tell me what time that you know he wants to speak." And they're like, "No, a conference call is you meeting with the prime minister." Ah. And I was like, wow. So you had a prime minister, Perry Christie. Now, all of a sudden, we're going to his office, and we have a chance to sit across from him, and he welcomed us to his country. And he says, hey, let us know what you need, how we, you know, whatever we can do to make your stay great. And I said, okay, that's fine. He's like, and you remember the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love that. And I said, oh, by the way, you know, maybe there may not be too many times that you're able to have a Super Bowl ring on. Here's one of them. And he just he lit up. And he's like, <laughs> oh, Wow. And I showed him the second one, and he was just—he was just all smiles. And you know, at that point, he's putting on the rings. And I said, "Hey, would you mind that I can I come across to take a picture with you?" He said, "Absolutely." And I took the picture, and that's where I posted it on my Facebook page. So that was truly an honor to really be able to be receptive to his country and to really be greeted by the prime minister. That was truly one of my highlights. Well, I think you were one of his highlights, too. I mean, it's nice to be a prime minister, but come on, not one, but two Super Bowl rings. You know, guys, you know, like Dan Marino can't say that. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. And, you know, to be able to be to be welcomed, and that's what I appreciated, to be welcomed into his country because, you know, for him to take the time out to greet me, I mean, I, I really did. I really did appreciate that. Well, in your home turf in the Pittsburgh area, 
I know you do a lot for pets and for kids, and you did a Panera Pup Walk at the waterfront and raised some money. I guess it was you and your whole pup posse walking as you were the <laughs> yes. Grand Marshal. Is that right? <laughs> yes, Grand Marshal for the last two years with the uh, Panera Pup Walk, and it raises money for the Western Pennsylvania Humane Society. And, you know, I co-marshaled or Grand Marshal the event, and actually it was fun because you had a lot of people down and I brought their pets around. Roxy had a chance to really be part of it last year, and it was just it was special because here you are a mile mile and a half walking dogs, and the enrollment was up at each of the last two years, and that's special because we're raising money for such a great cause, and you know to be part of it and to be in my community is it really is humbling. And so, tell me a little bit, what is the Weedle and Cody Fund? And it's a kind of an unusual spelling. It's W I E D E L and C O D Y Fund. So, tell me what that's all about. Actually, the Reading and Cody Fund, it's a nonprofit organization that provides funding and support for people who have pets that have been diagnosed with cancer and can't afford the treatment. Okay. And, you know, so it's part of, you know, and they have 12 million dogs that are really diagnosed with cancer each year, and that's where they have a 12 million dog walk or, you know, dog and cat walk. And it's just really mm-hmm. something to be able to really now be part of because I can share my experience and it's personal. And right. for me, and the way I got involved was they were following the game and they followed the story and it was just like wow you know here we are and they end up calling my foundation office to see if I would be interested in this and I I said absolutely because I want to raise the awareness because there are so many people that were in the position that I am maybe currently maybe they went through that but couldn't afford the treatments and I know it can be expensive because I just had to go through that so I could speak on it and to really have a fund out there that really helps people going through the grieving process of number one, knowing that your pet has cancer, that's a a traumatic experience by itself. And then the turnaround now, and now not really being able to understand whether or not you can afford treatments that go along with it. So I'm really here to really help raise the awareness to say, hey, you want to know what? There is help out here that will go out here and help you go through this. And you're not by yourself because there is a group of people that support you along the way. Well, I think they are very lucky to have you on their team. And I want people to, at the end of the show, to please dash over. I'm giving you the website. It's WeedleCody.org, and it's spelled R-I-E-D-E-L-C-O-D-Y.org. You check it out, and you're going to see what Charlie Batch is talking about. And, Charlie, you love kids, too. I mean, Project Chuck, Patch Packs, Best of the Patch Club. Boy, it's good you have a last name of Batch. Batch of Toys, <laughs> Read Across America. On it. I mean, I saw your T-shirts with you wearing different Dr. Seuss T-shirts. Yes. That, you're quite the fashion model. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, it, we just got done doing the uh, Dr. Seuss Readathon, and we always go out there, and I try to at least go to five, minimum of five schools to ten schools, including my elementary, uh, Barrett okay. Elementary in Homestead, PA. And mm-hmm. it's a way for me to, number one, read my favorite author, and my favorite book, and I love reading all the places that you could, all the places you'll go. And it's by Dr. Seuss, and it just gives a reminder for kids: Hey, what you see is the end result, is meaning me as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But understand there is a process that goes along with it. Number one, you need to the education. You need to graduate. We want to graduate from high school and college because in order for you to even have an opportunity to play in a National Football League, you need at least eight years of schooling if you include high school and college. So for me, it's just understanding, hey, it starts here with education. And our foundation, we're an educational foundation, which uses sports to draw the kids in. And then at that point, we're able to implement any educational aspect that we choose. 
and then all the programs in our in our organization are free. And when you talk about Project Check, which is the basketball league, um, they need a 2.2 in order to play. And it's a, and I check every report card that comes through. And Good I want to make you. sure that they're holding up their end of the bargain because I want to make sure that they uh, did stress the importance of education. So we use that sports team. And not only are we there for seven weeks, four days out of the summer, they need to read a book. And they have to read right. a book and they have to attend four mandatory study sessions. It's a lot easier for me to do it this way as opposed to saying, hey, meet me in the library in the summer and we're going to read a book. You know, I would be lucky to get 25 kids, but doing it this way allows me to have now over 365 kids that participates in our basketball league, in our program. And that is the largest program that we have with the foundation. And we've been doing it now 12 years. So then, wow. you know, so it's, just, it's really great to be able to do that. But as we stress the educational, that was just one program that we stress the educational component because we do have our reading computer literacy programs that take place in the foundation. And we have a computer lab. We have a big fundraiser event. It's called In the Pocket with Charlie Bass. It allows the fans <laughs> an opportunity to play against the members of the Steelers and the local celebrities that are here as we raise money for our reading computer literacy programs. And it's just way, a way for us to really now help fund our computer lab, which is in our foundation office, and we have 26 computer labs. And in the last five years, we've had alternative school programs to tighten our building daily, which is between middle school and high school. And it's a last step for them to really now, because they've been kicked out of school, but it's a way for them to really show that, hey, you want to know what? They're serious about transitioning back into main school, and we're just hoping to be that buffer between them going back to school or getting kicked out of school. Charlie, you had to have some great teachers in your life that got you motivated. I have to. Is there anyone you want to shout out when you were growing up in either elementary, middle or high school that really got you on this path? I did. I mean, one of my favorite people of all time was her name was Dr. Hyde. And she was actually the principal at uh, my elementary school, Barrett Elementary School. And she stressed the importance of education. She stayed on me. She stayed you know, made sure my mother was involved. So between Mrs. Hyde, between my mother, I mean, she's the one that really stressed it. Because not only are you doing it in school, but she made sure that I did that at home. And she knew that, you know, my talent, I was a little bit talented than uh, other people. And she knew that sports ultimately will allow me to excel but she never made me forget that it was about the education first. And in order for me to go out and play, I had to take care of what I needed to take care of at home, which was homework. So I thank my mother for that. Her name is Len Settles. And, you know, she's been right. great to really go back out there and really just stress it. And that's why it allows me to really turn, turn, number one, go out there and create the foundation, and which is named the Best of the Batch Foundation. And our website is batchfoundation.org. But one Thank of the you. things that people don't necessarily know the reason why I started my foundation was because back in 1996, my sister was shot and killed. And she was shot and killed in between rival gangs. There was, there was crossfire between rival gangs. And she was shot and killed and it shot in the head instantly. She was 17 years old. And at that point, I said, you know, if I ever was in position to give back, I would. And that allowed me to really go back out and start the foundation. And when I heard the story, you know, you hear that she's the kind of crossfire between rival gangs, but the guy that she was with actually used her as a body shield. Oh my and gosh. Danielle was 17 years old when she was shot and killed in the side of the head. And it was something for me that I wanted to change. I wanted to change society. I wanted to change the environment. And if I said, if I ever in position to give back, I would. And in 1998, I got drafted. In 99, I started my foundation and then it allowed me to really redirect my foundation goals back to Pittsburgh. And I've been here now the last 11 years as a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it allowed me to really now 
focus on what we wanted to do. And kids in our program now over the last 12 years have been able to say, you want to know what? We have somebody to depend on with the organization, and it has allowed us to grow because we have so many great volunteers who are within our organization that has helped us along the way. And, you know, I'm the face of it, but we have so many people behind the scenes that make things happen as we can continue to create opportunities for these kids. And you see the smiles on these kids' faces. That's what <laughs> yeah. it's all about. Well, you know, I think the timing of you being the NFL Man of the Year, winning the Brian Wizard White Award, it's my understanding that there comes a big check with that. And what did you use your 100000 donation to go for? Yes, it was it was a truly a, a blessing because I, I had no idea that, you know, not only that would even be considered that. And, and to really, um, it actually is the NFLPA, our union, uh, Man mm-hmm. of the Year Award. And you know, when they said that you're, you were winning that and they presented the check of $100,000, I just teared up because I'm just like, wow, you know, what great way to create other opportunities, you know, for these kids. And, and one thing that we're trying, that we want to do is we're trying to create a state-of-the-art educational facility uh, right Good. by our foundation office because one thing we don't have in our community is the Boys and Girls Club. We don't have YMCA, so they're, they're lacking in that area. So we're the closest thing to uh, Boys and Girls Club that you may have. So do you have so many kids in the, in the, around the community that just stop up in our building? So what better way for us to really try to kickstart our uh, educational facility, state of the art, and have these kids now continue to focus because they don't have the computers at home. You know, some of them don't have Internet if they do have computers. So, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we stress the importance of that. And, you know, we, we ran it past our board, which ultimately they make the decisions as far as how we're going to spend our money. But as we present to say this is what we want to do, you know, they're all on board. So I really just think, you know, this is a great start to be able to have in our community. And this is the highest honor you could get from your peers, your players. So even the yes, linebackers absolutely. voted for you, Charlie. Even linebackers <laughs> voted for you. Absolutely. When you have <laughs> 1,900 players and you, you are chosen between the 1,900 players, you're just like, wow, it's truly a humbling experience. And really, I just thank God every day for allowing me the opportunity to continue to serve my community. Now, before we bid adieu, I want to ask you, because we don't get gridiron greats on our show, really. You're the first one. Tell us what it's like to be on a field and you're facing the clock and it's ticking down and you're playing the Baltimore Ravens and they're just thinking they're going to just chomp on the steel curtain. Tell us, you know, is there any insights when you're on the field or something fun to share about what it's like to be a quarterback in the NFL? (laughs) (laughs) That you can say it's a family show now, Charlie. (laughs) Family show, Charlie. I understand. I mean, it's one of those things. This is a game that I've been playing for a very long time. I started playing when I was seven years old. So to really still go out there and do something that really nobody thought that we can do, and you go back out there beginning of December, they won 15 straight road games. You're not playing with your starting quarterback. You're playing with your backup. You know, nobody gave us a shot. And to turn around in the last game uh, or in the last quarter with six minutes and 51 seconds left, the game tied at 20, us sitting on our minus 15-yard line, and you tell me we need to go 61 yards to kick a field goal to win the game. Nobody would give us a chance. And all of a sudden, you're going back, you know, completing a pass to the right, a pass to the left, and you're moving the football down the field, first down, first down, and you finally get in the field goal range, and there's nothing that they can do that stops us. And what other way can you get 70,000 people to be (laughs) silent? To be silent. And you kick that field goal, and you look up, and all I remember, there was two Steeler fans in the end zone, in between the uprights part where I was able to see you and that ball looked up and they're standing 
up in the room, whenever in the stadium full of purple and white with their hands up with Steeler gear on. It was a proud moment to watch that because that field goal goes in and the hush 70,000 people on the road. There's yep. no better feeling than that. Oh, that's so great. And Charlie, I am so excited that you have been a guest on our show. I just want to make sure we can get people directed to the right place. We want them to go to the batchfoundation.org. You've got charliebatch.com. That's your main website. And you got the weedlecody.org that you're working on. And Charlie, before we say goodbye, I do want to ask you this. You described perfectly the 23-20 win over Baltimore in December, you know, as a starting quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You beat a team everybody thought you couldn't. What is something you would like to share with our listeners? A lesson in life, perhaps, that Roxy, the late, great Rottweiler, shared with you. What's something that you've learned from dogs in your life that you'd like to share at this time? Well, I think for me, I think when watching her go through it, I think the perseverance and strength that she had, the one of those through it, and not only going through it herself, but, you know, showing that love on the other side of her, you know, wanting to give the love and not expecting anything in return. And, and to go home every single day with a smile and a kiss and a hug from her, I mean, it really was it was uh, always warming to go home, too, because you knew you had her to look forward to, that at least going to make you smile. Well, she's an angel checking you out every day now. You know that. Absolutely. I know she is. And I'm just, I know she's looking down smiling at me. All right. We have been honored to have Charlie Batch on our show. Please go over to charliebatch.com and also batchfoundation.org. Learn more about him, his mission, and how you can help. And I also want to thank Mark Winter. He is my producer. He makes this show happen each and every week. You are on the Pet Life Radio Network. This is the number one pet network on the planet. And I want to also say check out dogpartyday.com. We will have National Dog Party Day on June 21st in Orlando, Austin, Texas, San Diego, and small but mighty Dewey Beach, Delaware. We're going to benefit four great pet charities, and we may even get Charlie on board to do it in Pittsburgh for 2014. Right, Charlie? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, and I welcome All right. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.